On today's show, I'm sharing a conversation that I recorded a little while ago now with my fellow In the Kitchen co-founder, Paul Stallard. Paul has spent 20 years working as a strategist and a director across brand, digital and advertising agencies. He also runs an experienced design agency, Beautiful Everything. And at the moment, he's involved in various different startup projects. I have collaborated with him on a few different things now. And what I really love about working with him is the mix of strategy and creativity that he brings to business and his passion for using both business and health as tools for building community and giving others a platform to live out their purpose. Those are some of the things we chat about in this episode, along with his own personal journey with health and entrepreneurship. There's a heap of insights for anyone starting or growing a business. So grab a cup of something lovely and let's dive in. I'm Gemma Sands, and this is Free to Flourish Radio. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. I am very excited about this episode. Um, We have collaborated on a few different things now. We've worked together for a little while on some things. We chat about lots of the things that we're going to talk about today, and I always feel really inspired and really energized after that. So I am very excited to bring that to everyone who's listening today. So thank you for joining. Mm, Likewise. Um, It's a little bit terrifying going from just chatting over coffee or sat in an office to uh, having the record button being pressed and uh, going live to the nation. But I'll, uh, I'll take that in my stride. And yeah, likewise, I think both. I think our conversations are quite energising in both directions, actually. So um, that's that's a good a good marker of them. Yes. Um, yeah, and there's a few things I think my audience will be really interested to hear about from you today. A little bit around health and your journey with health, and um, I know it's something you're quite passionate about. So it'd be good to talk about that a little bit, and also your journey with entrepreneurship and been in business and some of the experiences that you've had along the way so um yeah let's start with that a little bit let's start with what it is that you actually do and maybe just talk about how you would explain that well it's one of the things we talk about isn't it about how it can when you wear lots of different hats it can be quite hard to sum up what it is you do but I guess the core thread for me over the last not even sure now six seven years I think is I run an um, experience design business called Beautiful Everything, um, which I founded with some colleagues after spending, I don't know, best part of two decades in advertising agencies and brand agencies and digital marketing agencies, working with lots of different clients. And beautiful everything has been a vehicle for lots of things really lots of different so we've done a lot of client work through that client work I've ended up um, to some extent working as a consultant for other different companies um, just through really starting to work with them on a project and that growing into something more than that through beautiful everything Um, but we've also, it's also been a vehicle to set up a number of other startups. Um, so it's, it's a bit like having a personal brand that sort of let me follow my nose a little bit and just use my, use my skills, um, 
in in whatever way I can and it's been a way of learning a whole load of things that I think I think my work journey has always been about learning new things but as an entrepreneur I think you're you're just doing that all of the time really whether it's with working with new people or finding ways to to grow your own business so um yeah that's that's kind of kind of an explanation and a non-explanation really of of what I do but I think the common threads have been uh my background in brand and marketing and digital and helping people and organizations tell stories um and market themselves and and sort of succeed succeed commercially with more with more sales um but it has taken me in lots of different directions since since doing beautiful everything there's lots of lots of stories along the way and lots of lots like with any business i think has been uh you know absolute highs and uh senses of achievement and some of the worst experiences of my life with, with through through running it as well but um they're not really worst experiences everything's a learning experience so um yeah and what what would you say is one of the highlights? What would you say really jumps out at you from your journey? I think the the highlights are all to do with being able to sort of pursue passions and interests, really. Mm. So um, whether that was, I mean, in the early days of Beautiful Everything, we um, very quickly won lots of new clients and felt very proud of ourselves doing that. At that point, it still felt quite similar to what, what we were doing before. Um I think the the real highlights have been actually in the world of health and um, after about two years running a brand agency with a background where I'd worked on all kinds of clients from banking and financial services to holiday companies to the Scottish government to, uh, I don't know, I'd sort of worked on almost everything under the sun over over years, Um, selling beer, selling um selling uh sugary drinks to people all, all kinds of things but after about two years into beautiful everything i kind of stepped back and realized that i was spending maybe 80 90 95 percent of my time working in the health sector and mm-hmm. um in a particular particular areas of health that i'd um i suppose through my own personal journey had just become really fascinated by and excited by so I suppose a lot of the highlights since then have really been um I think of moments where I've just been face to face with people whether it's me trying to inspire them about health or them them inspiring me and in some ways they don't really have anything to do with beautiful everything though that was just what what got me there or what opened opened the door to that particular journey but um so I guess lots of sort of yeah one-to-one experiences inspiring people and being inspired um I think there's other things we we launched um a couple of interesting side projects to do with passions that me and my partner in Beautiful Everything both have One one was around cinema and cinema festivals and cinema experiences Mm. and um if you'd said to me at the beginning of that journey that we'd find ourselves one summer's night at three o'clock in the morning with a 
Croatian punk bands <laughs> in the square of one of the most beautiful towns in Europe, probably, uh, as the central part of this incredible film festival called the Motovan Film Festival, which anyone who's interested in film should try and go to the Motovan Film Festival one day. It's sort of calling it the Glastonbury film doesn't really do it justice. It's a, it's an absolutely incredible experience. And we found ourselves, um, <clears throat> we hadn't met the band until, until the <laughs> night in question, but had created this uh, live cinema experience where um, the, the showpiece of that year's festival was an event where this very strange film was being shown and the band were doing a live soundtrack um, alongside this very clever, arty European film and had written all the songs and this constant soundtrack to the experience of watching the film. And we'd created this uh, technical, <clears throat> um, this digital experience to go with it that got everyone in the audience interacting with the bands and with the film and being part of the whole experience. And it was our, it was our kind of technology that was getting people um, looking under their seats for whistles or finding placards or waving, waving stuff in the air. And it's, it's very difficult to explain what a great night it was. Um, and it did go on till three o'clock in the morning. And I think we were clubbing until about six o'clock in the morning with, <laughs> with these people only one of the uh, one one of the people in this punk band even spoke English, um, but this experience went on to kind of tour around Europe. We we we, we <clears throat> were part of bringing it to the UK as well. So that was that that was a highlight and a kind of a different a different kind of health and well being. Actually, just uh, it's another one of my passions is creativity and that taps into that. So um, yeah, I think I think. Working in agencies, you do pick up lots of stories of kind of being involved in quite creative experiences. And I have got some good stories from before I was running my own business, but um, <clears throat> we've definitely created some adventures for ourselves by sort of following our noses and working with people for their passion and energy, really. Mm. The person who helped create that project is... Uh, <clears throat> yeah their own force of nature actually in the, that live cinema experience so that was that was something that was good yeah good to be a part of and we'll, we'll never forget and it's on my list of well-being experiences people should have is to go to the <laughs> Motovan Film Festival you don't have to go with a Croatian punk band but it does help no I love that and I think I don't know for me one of the things about having a business and entrepreneurship is that as much as you can have a vision and a direction of where you want to go you never quite know how things are going to work out and what's going to come up and what opportunities are going to come along and even just some you know I've got similar stories of things that have happened or situations I've been in that if anyone had ever told me that was going to come out of having a business I just wouldn't have believed it. Um, I'm quite curious as to how you sort of find that balance between having a vision and having goals and then kind of being a little bit open to what comes along because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who are in maybe the beginning stages of setting up a business or growing a business or even just sort of thinking about doing that and possibly they have an idea of what they want to do but it's kind of the difference between the importance of having a really solid 
plan and kind of being quite open to actually just what flows along uh yeah i think i think that 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 kind of openness to what flows is is definitely an important part of it i mean i think maybe seven years in if i could go back to the beginning i would do more planning um but the best laid plans often um can't be fulfilled or can't can't be achieved anyway um and you know you get all kinds of challenges along the way that you have to respond to be being ready for both sides of that i think and recognizing that sort of planning and you know you to some extent running your own business you can't not plan because if you're not generating revenue or knowing where the next phase of revenue or growth is going to come from then you're not putting food on the table or you're not you're not um you're not you're not kind of you know you you can't do that for very long before you've got to go back to um knocking on someone's door and asking for a job and after running your own business that's that's difficult to do as well i think um i don't know the term the term resilience comes i mean a lot of people over the years have sort of said to me they they admire my resilience and i'm i'm never quite sure if that's in a flattering way or a a kind of sometimes a sense of maybe maybe you should just give up and go and try something else but um i i think resilience is a good is a good way of sort of summing up that sense of being able to be prepared for any eventuality or being able to sort of prepare to take things in another direction if they're not working and going in one direction. And uh, I I mean, in in an almost literal sense, sometimes, I mean, another experience I've had along the way was feeling like you're in a game of snakes and ladders and that after climbing four ladders, you can jump on a snake and literally go back to the beginning um, and I, you know, I, I've had that experience of um, seeing a business partner walk out on us, and all the work of eighteen months really coming to nothing. And um, I don't know. There's, there's still a part of me that probably just wanted to kind of curl up in a ball and lie in a dark room for three months when, when, when that happened. Um, and actually. I didn't I got actually I got on a plane and um I went and sat in pubs with people that were part of my network who became part of what came along next and what what came along next was never in my plan and never Mm. never even really predictable um and yeah six six months after that the entire landscape of what I was doing was completely different. And there was a, there was a whole, I don't know, it was almost like moving into a, a different landscape that I didn't even know was there or hadn't really thought about all that much. Yeah. I, I don't know. Thinking back on sort of your previous question about achievements, I think looking back, it's quite hard to sum that up as like, you know, one night when something happened or you won a pitch or you won but looking back, the the ability to sort of go from almost sort of one one way of thinking about 
business and the approach she was taking to quite a different way of doing it is um yeah yeah it's it quite it quite quite proud of the ability to sort of yes. change direction and see that as an opportunity and um actually actually sort of thrive on what what the kind of what what might what might come along rather than what what is coming along i suppose, I suppose. yeah absolutely i think you picked up on a key thing there which for me something i talk about a lot is that in any given situation there's always opportunity in there somewhere and I think really in business and entrepreneurship being able to pick that opportunity out of things that are going on and pivot and go in a different direction is is actually a really key thing um anyone that's listening to this that's followed along with my journey for the last eight nine years is going to see that I've done that multiple times um and it it isn't always easy and it can be really difficult when you're in the midst of something but I think it's really important to sort of be able to take that perspective of there's opportunity there's always something different we can do in any given moment we can make a different decision or take a different perspective and then we're on a different path and that can always be a positive thing not necessarily a negative thing so I think it's really interesting that you sort of pulled up on that as well um and you've you know that's reflected in your journey and your story and some of the experiences you've heard I think it can relate to people a lot as well of um I don't know I hadn't really thought of that in in that way necessarily but in in a more sort of corporate world you often sort of tend to put people in boxes a bit more sort of you know clients or partners or or, or your sort of your relationship with them is defined a bit by your job and your role and how that interacts with their job and their role and that that's still true when you're running your own but but I but I think there's there's something in what you said about how every meeting with someone has the potential to lead somewhere that you didn't know about before you got there and that that could just be a piece of learning or a piece of insight or a piece of wisdom or it could be uh, having an encounter with someone that straight away leads to oh you can help us or we can help you um, or something that comes back two, three years down the line. And I, I, I find that quite energizing. I think that, um, that sense of, um, I mean, one, one of the things that's been quite rewarding for me is now I've, I've always had quite sort of intellectual roles in the businesses that I've worked in and my background's quite a kind of thinking sort of strategic background. And which isn't to say I was some sort of kind of locked away introvert, but you know, I was often often at a computer more than a, a room full of people, and I think in any business, the ability to sort of get out there and be in a be in an environment where you're meeting people, um, you know, absolutely thrive on events or. Um, I hate the word networking opportunities because mm. it sounds really like it, like it puts a label on it that it doesn't have. But mm. um, I think one of the things I've learned is you're much less likely to move onwards if you're sat in an office or not meeting other people. And it's hard to know. One of the things we talked about a lot with at the early days of Beautiful Everything was around serendipity and how, how sort of luck is kind of important but you have to make your own luck yes. and I think 
in some ways that's no more than just by going out and meeting people and interacting with people um you're you're then part of something where you can you can make those connections and some something comes out of it that you couldn't quite predict or you couldn't quite shape um so i think yeah that that sense of finding ways to be out there it's a bit it's a bit ironic having this conversation during lockdown but actually it's been really heartening to me how how many connections and reconnections and uh social interactions have still taken place during lockdown that um i do miss the buzz and energy of big events but they'll be back yeah and I think it's that sense of community as well I think for me having or finding a community of people who feel the same way that I do about things and have the same values and have not necessarily the same vision but a similar vision um, that's definitely been beneficial for me because as someone who's largely their business has been largely online for the last nine years it can be really lonely when you're just sat behind yeah. a you know a computer screen and most of your interaction is done by email or instagram message or however it is um so i think finding kind of communities to sort of slot into that's been been really important as well and i think a lot of us at the moment are in a position where actually that's what we're really craving and we're kind of looking for that as well and as great as it is being out and about in that event you know even just finding online communities or ways to connect with people who feel the same as us i think brings a lot of benefit as well i I completely agree and and it's back to that sort of um I mean, the, the experience I was talking about with the uh, cinema experience, which uh, has been one of the sort of amazing experiences of my life, actually, that that only occurred because we happened to have an office, an office in a sort of shared, um, you know, building with lots of shared office space that had a lot of film companies in it. And through conversations, making cups of tea in a kitchen, um, I wouldn't say we became part of that community necessarily, you know, that, that was its own community, but by, by encountering it and uh, being interested and bringing your own energy to it, some, something emerged that didn't, didn't really expect before that. Um, so, yeah, I think whatever the, whatever the ways of connecting are, those sort of connections with, people and other businesses and other ideas are really really important um i mean i think it's true with health as well and maybe i think the two things relate for me actually that Mm. it was perhaps through seeing the power of communities and um communities of practice and people and maybe almost more of a kind of community driven way of doing business sometimes Mm -hmm in in the world of health um that's that's partly what drew me to it and and inspired me with it amazing and talking of health let's pivot in that direction a little bit because i know it's something you're really passionate about you're passionate about supporting other people to be as healthy as possible but i'm curious a little bit as to what got you to that point and sort of what your own journey around your health has been yeah it's yeah i mean i yeah i if i was to look for my own pivot point i don't know if it was completely a pivot i mean i think i for a long time um you know i've enjoyed i think i did things that were healthy but i'm not sure i called them 
necessarily but you know I like I like to run and I like to be active and I thought I think I've always sort of thought of myself as fairly healthy but I think it was partly through encountering a sort of an absolutely fascinating world and um, it's particularly the sort of the, the world of personalized health functional medicine functional nutrition that has, has sort of drawn me further into this world um and i think it excites me a little bit out of a perspective of innovation and shaping the future and there's so many exciting things going on in that world that i think a lot of people don't yet know about that it, it kind of excited the communicator and story storyteller in me um but but inevitably it's sort of per- personal as well and um I, I had quite a powerful experience where I was I was involved with a company and I'm still involved a lot with who are at the leading edge of using biochemical and genetic testing to sort of open up the bonnet of people and look at how how we're wired individually and how we we can use that knowledge to. Um, well, for lots of things, whether it's helping people with who who are experiencing chronic disease, helping reduce the likelihood of chronic disease in a world where we're all quite at risk at risk of that, working with people to um, help their mental health. I think by understanding ourselves and tailoring um, nutrition, lifestyle. Um, exercise uh, the way we live in the world really around that knowledge it's it's very very powerful but I I think I only really understood that through understanding it through through myself and in the early days of working with that organization where I was sort of in that mode you're often in as a consultant where you're pretending to know what everyone's talking about and nodding wisely (laughs) and kind of going Oh, this is really complicated. I don't, I don't really understand this. Uh, I I went along to a training course that was being run for um, very kind of knowledgeable, experienced GPs, nutritionists, functional medicine practitioners about about genetic health and genetic testing. And I was sat there with my own gene profile um, and. I'd had it. I'd had the report for a few weeks beforehand, and I'd kind of skimmed through it. And with my sort of non non knowledge, I'd kind of looked through and gone, "Oh, I'm sure this is all fine. It's, I'm all, it's not not telling me anything that I don't already know." And then um, I sat listening to uh, this very sort of high level biochemistry and genetic information with my results in front of me. And actually, I, I have a few elements in my gene profile where none of this mean like have, having a particular gene snip doesn't mean you're going to get a disease or that you have a disease. But for example, my gene profile shows that I metabolize bad cholesterol much too well, and I don't metabolize good cholesterol well enough at all. So that means that if I don't have a think about what that means for my life and my behavior, 
I, I could be at a higher risk group for cardiovascular disease or dementia or um, any of the things that sort of go with um, having bad cholesterol build up and uh, not have the beneficial effects of, of good cholesterol. And um, more or less the same time to the, to the week as getting that insight about myself um, my dad got taken into intensive care with cardiovascular related stroke. And I guess the sort of 30 years consequences of probably having the the same gene profile, but not necessarily changing his lifestyle to, to do anything about that. Um, and I had a bit of a moment of, I had a four year old daughter at the time and I was driving five-hour journeys to go and sit with my dad in intensive care and kind of thinking that I'd like to extend my healthy lifespan as long as I can. Um, after a few weeks of homeschooling with the same daughter, now she's nine <laughs> years old, I, uh, I, I do still love spending time with her, actually. I'm going to be sarcastic about that. But, but um, yeah, so that was, it was sort of, it wasn't necessarily sort of, uh, having a chronic disease or uh, having an illness, but it was sort of being exposed to information about myself and that coinciding with sort of a fairly traumatic life event with a member of my family. And just, I think, just changing my view of what health means quite considerably from kind of trying to get better if you get ill to um, something that can be almost part of our everyday lives and mm. small things in our lives now, potentially making big differences to what our lives are like in 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and yeah, it, it was a real sort of, um, I was getting very interested in this world of health already, but that, that moment was quite kind of quite formative for me and getting really excited about, what this knowledge can mean for other people. And I suppose the other part of it for me is around food, actually, that I've always loved mm. food. And uh, I love cooking, I love wine, I love drink, I love the, the joy that food brings. And I think food is this sort of strange creature where it, you know, it's, it's our fuel and our energy and it's, it's our indulgence and it's our, it's our sociability to some extent. Um, but actually what we put inside of us over a period of time does, does make a difference. And um, particularly when we know how our own bodies work and it can make a difference in all kinds of ways. Um, I'm absolutely fascinated by, it feels like the astronauts must have felt like when we first went into space in the 1960s and started to understand what was out there more with the world of the microbiome and gut health. And I, I think we're just at the beginning of sort of science starting to really understand um, how this amazing kind of ecosystem inside our tummies can impact on our brains and our skin um, on every, every part of our health. Um, and I think we'll learn more and more about that in the next few years, but that, that, you know, the, the, the very stuff that we put inside ourselves and we, we eat and chew and enjoy 
is is doing stuff inside our bodies that we we're only just starting to understand um and impacting on things that do mean a lot to me i haven't another another thing that i'm really passionate about is is sort of mental health and brain health and mm. um i think both through from sort of personal experiences and having well, you know lo- losing friends because of our societal approach to mental health i think in lots of ways we're in the dark ages at the moment with mm. brain health and how we how we deal with it and how we support people and um there's a whole there's a whole story about mental health and work and workplaces i think but yeah. um but that that's absolutely fascinating the relationship between food and what we put inside ourselves and how our brains work and how we how we're feeling that day is um uh yeah i think could start learning about that now and not even have scratched the surface by by the time by the time the sort of in our rocking chairs and uh, winding down in life. So yeah, yeah. And what what would you say are some of the key the key things that have helped you in terms of your own personal health? And what are the the key tools and things that you do that really support you, but both with your physical health, but also your mental health? Yeah, well, I mean, the first the first tool for me was was that testing and learning yeah. more about. Um, how how my own body works and maybe that's a kind of bit of a kind of geeky data type anyway although I I think it's you know you don't have to see it in that kind of data-driven way um so I think I think they're really powerful tools of just sort of that understanding um but then yeah I don't know I mean if I think about the sort of things that are in my life now that weren't in my life before that uh that day learning about gene testing and my, my dad getting ill. Um, one, of, one of the sage pieces of advice from the very clever guy that ran the gene course was that someone with my APOE 3-4 gene snip should probably be eating about a kilo of broccoli every day. <laughs> and um, I don't eat a kilo of broccoli every day, but I do, I do eat a lot, a lot more plants, so a plant-based diet. Um, I find the world of supplements very interesting. Um, I, I spent a lot of the last few years um, working with a big global supplements brand that has very sort of you know, very very high quality protein powder. Where if you think about how amino acids work as the building blocks of our bodies and our health, just kind of putting that inside myself every day is is really valuable. Smoothies is a huge. I don't know. It's mm. another another one that could. Um, I'm a bit watch this space with smoothies at the moment as well. Yes. Kind of um, just because uh, I don't know. Uh, they bring together so many things for me. Of like, um, I love cooking, but you know, full cooking. If I really get going, it can take me like two days to make a meal. Whereas I can <laughs> make a smoothie recipe and create in 10 10 minutes five minutes in the morning but it still has for me that element of combining delicious ingredients taking sort of fresh goods plant-based nutrition and combining it together in ways that is gonna taste great or looking for new ways of sort of creating sensational flavors um and then 
it's just such a great way of sort of adding stuff in to kind of feed different parts of our body where if I was putting some of the supplements that I might put in a smoothie straight into my mouth, I think I'd feel a little bit depressed every morning. Whereas by chucking them into a smoothie and treating them as food, feeding myself, um, I, I find it, I don't know, I never, I never stop. It always puts a smile on my face, whether I'm making it or just been, uh, been uh, creating this morning with Emily. And, um, she, she, she's a bit of a chip off the old block and liking smoothie recipes. So that always inspires me. Um, movement is really important to me. Um, one of my biggest challenges running a business, just, just as I was moving into uh, a kind of business where I was out doing a lot of events and a lot of face-to-face activity, a lot of research projects, um, my body decided to give me a little wave and tell me to look after it a little bit better by um, laying me flat for about four weeks with pretty severe back problems and mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what my sciatic nerve was until that happened <laughs> and I kind of wish I didn't for yeah. <laughs> several weeks. But um, uh, that, was, that was what took me to uh, working with some amazing Pilates people and uh, I'm missing my Pilates a bit at the moment actually um, mm. in lockdown try and do it myself but having having really great pilates people to really sort of um get your body moving in very precise ways is really important to me so yeah that that's on my list and i think i think the other big one for me is nature um and just spending time in nature i'm lucky to live somewhere where i can just sort of walk out of the door and be in um it's partly the aesthetics of it but i'm i'm really interested in the i think in the uk we don't even acknowledge that any of this exists yet necessarily but in finland and in japan there's there's a whole sort of uh academic departments dedicated to the science of how nature impacts on our stress levels and our body systems um it's another it's another one we could do a whole podcast on Gemma around yeah. oil, but you know, a lot of your oils, you know, they're, they're starting life in nature. And yeah. I know we both love, um, fur is one of our favorite ones, but yeah. in, you know, in Finland and Japan, the, the research that's going on about how those oils are there in the environment, yeah. you know, they're, they're actually being given off by the trees as, um, sort of insecticides for the trees to keep, yeah keep bad stuff away from the trees but as lucky humans we go and breathe all that good stuff in um it, it you know it, it is there's there's an emerging body of science that's looking at how it's sort of regulating our cortisol levels and um actually having that sort of uh phys- physical effect on our body not just the sort of mental effect of being surrounded by beautiful things and beautiful places um there's a lot of research coming through the good, the good old Finns again. I think they've just um, uh, they've looked at what they've been doing for all these generations and just tried to prove that they were smart thinkers all along. And I, I think a lot of them probably were. But uh, I, you know, I'm one of these crazy people that likes jumping in cold streams and finding rivers and lakes to jump in. 
if I could do it after having a really hot sauna, that's even better, but that's, <laughs> that's a bit harder. But, but there's a lot of science on that around how um, putting our body into those sort of challenging situations is uh, helping our cells to renew um, a lot of the sort of uh, cellular longevity research that's coming through is um, picking up on some of that stuff that kind of saunas and cold water and um, cold water bathing, forest bathing. Um, it's actually it's actually helping ourselves to um, get rid of the bad stuff and renew renew the healthy cells. Yeah. Um, so it's great. So. Uh, it, that's what I love about this world that you kind of you scrape you start to look into some of the research into it and it's like oh brilliant <clears throat> um wonderful tasting food that I've always loved is actually really good for you so um it's it's feeding our gut health or olive oil is feeding our gut health oh, I love olive oil um going out in nature is actually helping our bodies to renew oh, I love going out in nature yeah. um so yeah, maybe I'm doing the same. It's just kind of se- selecting the science that makes me justify <laughs> doing more of the things that I like doing and uh, get rid of some of the stuff that's not so good. But um, yeah, yeah, okay. parascience. Eh? Yep. <clears throat> good. And what what do you think? Just moving slightly away as we wrap this up a little bit. But what would you say? Are the things that really get you feeling inspired and really drive you and you've kind of touched on some of them obviously health and creativity a little bit and I think probably community a little bit but what what would you say are the key things that really drive you and get you fired up yeah those I mean definitely those words I think well I touched on that as well and maybe that's just the starting point for community but um people so um I think that's part of the, you know, the exciting thing about health is that um, it's for everyone and ev- everyone's got their own health story. Everyone's got the opportunity to increase their health span. So, so yeah, you know, in, I think inspiring people and being inspired by people and uh, finding the incredible knowledge that's out there in a lot of people is, is a big driver. Creativity is part of that. I mean, I'm, uh, I think, you know, I find the world of business creative. I think that can be a bit of a cliche and it gets used to be used as a bit of a kind of sticking plaster for things that aren't that creative, but I, I never cease to be impressed. And so I love your kind of angle of sort of business and health and engaging with entrepreneurs and people doing interesting things, but create creating sustainable businesses using kind of the world of business to, um, I'm never really that impressed by um, business for the sake of it, but the people that have inspired me in business, the people who've created organisations that weren't there that are doing interesting, creative things, um, but creating jobs and roles for people, I think, is vital. And you know, mm. one of one of the big um, big insights out of the blue zones research is that people leading purposeful lives. Um, and finding purpose in the work that they do is an important part of our health and well-being for for everybody and uh, I think a lot of business can actually mean people are leading purposeless lives sometimes but having having that as a core driver of how business works kind of help helping people live purposeful lives 
Um, and I think I think that's the connection with creativity in some way for me as well. That creativity can be its own sense of purpose. I think, can't it? Whether you know it's someone's need to write a poem or um, paint or sculpt or express themselves somehow. And I think artists um, are often people with that strongest sense of how to live a purposeful life because the sense of sort of creation and creating something that connects with other people because it tells a story or resonates with their own experience or they just find it beautiful because they find nature beautiful. Um, I, I think that's, uh, you know, often, often artists have that greatest wisdom, I think, to, um, to f- figure that out a bit. So that, that kind of, that creativity definitely inspires me. And I think in, enabling communities to be more creative, more able to sort of um, unlock the potential of people's creativity within them is, is very motivating for me. So, yeah, community, creativity, health, um, sustainable businesses, they're all, they're all uh, words that excite me. The things that bring those things together in interesting ways yeah. is, is definitely... Um, what gets me out of bed in the morning? And what what's next for you? What's next on the on the journey? Well, yeah, I'm in a in a interesting point at the moment where I think um, more of all of what we've talked about. I think you can you can tell from my excitement. I don't don't remember ever. I always loved working in creative agencies, but I never remember ever being quite as excited when I got up every morning about the mm-hmm. opportunities that the days offered. Um, yeah, I've got a few projects in the pipeline around, um, I mean, that word community is really important. And I'm, I'm interested in how, um, the energy that's out there in a lot of individual entrepreneurs can maybe be enhanced and supported by helping people work together or bringing communities together and, sort of creating sustainable businesses out of that. So I think that's quite interesting. Um, sort of, uh, I think I've set myself recently the, the personal mission. Um, it's partly, partly your fault, forced me out of my kitchen to go and make smoothies for other people. <laughs> and um, I might inflict more of that on the world in the, yeah. in the next year. Got got a bit of an idea floating around about, about inspiring people even more with that. And, uh, helping create products that help people to do that. And the, the gene health thing is, is fascinating to me. And um, I am supposedly a, uh, a part-time student at the Institute of Optimum Nutrition. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to take me a long time to get any kind of qualification at the end of that because I'm very part-time. But um, <laughs> in parallel to sort of, I just sort of deepening my knowledge about nutrition and how our bodies work and um sort of the biochemistry that lies behind that i i um i still i suppose because my story started there i find the genetic testing very very powerful when it's used properly Mm. um it's another example where there's a bit of a rush out there to commercialize genetic testing and there's some good things about that but i i think the most interesting people and the most interesting businesses are recognizing the need to educate ourselves along the way 
and recognize that we don't really know the answers to all of this yet that these are they're amazing tools but they're just just beginning to give us the answers to lots of questions and guidance on them so um yes i think in addition to the many projects that i have underway already that's gonna that's gonna be featuring featuring quite highly um yeah awesome okay one final question because this is free to flourish radio what does being free to flourish mean to you oh i should have thought about that one shouldn't you? <laughs> I had, a, had a bit of a soundbite answer yeah, put you on the spot Mm. Uh, the, I, actually I think um, I think the word that comes to my head for better good or bad is is aspiration that that that, that term being free to flourish should be almost sort of the guiding principle for every individual society institution organization politician anyone all, all around the world um i think at its simplest what it means to me is I, I just think i think human beings are awesome and amazing and they fascinate me and when they are free to flourish they do they do amazing things yeah. <laughs> that, that, that will keep on amazing all of us um so I, I think anything that sort of creates the environment that people can flourish in whether that's education or art or um, business or the freedom that health gives us I suppose that wasn't a very soundbitey answer was it that was a great answer no brilliant awesome well thank you so much for joining us today I've yeah I've really enjoyed it I know there'll be lots of um, little nuggets in there that people are are really going to pull from that I'll put all the details of how people can get in touch with you if they want to know a little bit more about the different things that you're doing in the show notes but yeah thank you I loved it it's a great chat thank you Gemma 